Hey, earlier in Hebrews, uh, and I, I think uh, t- timeline-wise, and the, the kids are heading off to kids' church, if you, you see they're heading out that way, I forgot to mention that. Um, uh, anyway, as the kids head off to kids' church, uh, we, 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 in Hebrews, I, I believe this, was, this would have been like last year, technically, because, you know, it was a little while ago, um, so like November. So you guys remember all the sermons from then, right? You have them down. In fact, you know, it's funny because this week's chapter um, is, is kind of like, it's a complicated one really to get into. And so I thought about skipping it because you wouldn't even notice maybe that I'd skip chapter seven. You'd be like, did I miss that week? Did it, did it, you know. uh, no, but uh, earlier in Hebrews, we, we read a verse up. Start verse 14 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he has faced some of the same testings we do, yet did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Uh, there we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. So Jesus understands our weaknesses. Um, he, Jesus goes through life just like we did, and he's, he's not... He was different from us, but still he can understand us because he's been through the things uh, similar to we have. And um, a a theologian said this, and I I like how they said it. Not that Jesus shared in our experience of sin. The author makes it clear he did not. But he did share in our experience of being tempted, a difficult aspect of life that all too often leads to sin. And I think that's something we can all pretty much relate to. Uh, is there anyone here without sin? Go ahead and cast the first stone. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> one of the things that really sets Christianity apart from other faiths, other religions, is, is the fact that, you know, our God becomes one of us. Uh, he experienced temptation, endured testing, and says he faced all the same testings we did, but did not sin. Now, I always use biking analogies because I like to bike, and a couple of us like to bike. Uh, not Drew's kind of bike with a, you know, gas and everything, but, you know, you have to provide your own gas. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I biked again this week, and I, the Delaware Hills, and I don't mean the two bumps on the, you know, the, uh, we call those the bumps, because they're not really, you know, hills or mountains or anything, and, uh, you know, the, but we have the Delaware Hills, the, the bikers, we, those who, cycling, biking, we call the Delaware Hills are the winds, because there's like a ridiculous amount of wind because there's nothing to stop it. And so I was going out Westville Road because that's one of the, the ways I start. And the wind was so bad, I was at like eight miles an hour, which may sound for you, don't bike, that sounds like maybe, oh, you're moving. You're not. <laughs> that, but I was pedaling as hard as I could and going eight miles an hour. And it, it was horrible. And some of you have been there. It, it, it's, like, it's one of those horrible, horrible things. But, you know, that it's it kind of... Uh, life can be hard. Sometimes things push against you. And, and the temptation was, honestly, because I was biking alone especially, and I was like, well, let's just stop. Nobody knows I'm doing this. I could just turn back in. I could just go, I could turn back around, hit ice cream at Trey Sorelli. Uh, <laughs> they got ice skating now. I could do that. I'm done. No one knows. <laughs> Maybe they'll think I did a long ride. I don't know. I could, I could sit around in my you know, biking stuff like, yes, I did a long ride today. A good mile. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the temptation to stop running. But, you know, we, we, we press on. And we have a, a high priest who understands how hard that is. 
You know, those of you who have biked before, you, you can sympathize because you've been there when it burns your thighs <laughs> because you're, you're, you're pressing against it. And we have a great high priest who, who doesn't just, uh, you know, he knows what it's like because he, he's been through life. And, and that's an important for me aspect of all of Christianity because we have a God who sat on the throne, came down, lived the life we couldn't, and he could sympathize with us because he's been there. He's done that. Um, we got a t-shirt. <laughs> you know, and so anyway, I, I did, I did kind of joke. I was, I was thinking about skipping chapter 7, and you know, one would know because you would be like, oh, did we do 7? Did I miss that week? Was that a COVID week? You know, it, it's 2022 now, and it's like we're still a little off. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, we preach through the, the books of the Bible, and sometimes we'll hit sections that are maybe a little more intricate uh, than maybe all of us are are excited about digging into. And at times, uh, maybe, uh, you know, explaining an answer to something that we aren't questioning. Uh, And here's the the, uh, kind of, we're going to straddle two ditches today, and hopefully we'll stay on the road. You know, if we go one side, we obsess over all the details in the passage. And I, I, tenderly, I generally break down almost every word or phrase because I see something cool in there and I want to share it. Um, and so we could obsess over details and then it would be like 25 weeks here. Or we could just kind of like ignore it. And then you might believe some crazy things. I've even seen some crazy things about this one. So, uh, so we're going to continue in Hebrews 7. We're going to try to stay on the road, not fall in the ditch. Uh, so background, Jesus, high priest. Um, starting verse, chapter 7, verse 1. This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of, the, of God most high. When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him, met him and blessed him. Abraham took a tenth of all he had ca- captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice and king of Salem means uh, king of peace. And so Melchizedek, um, and, and those of you who like Hebrew kind of stuff and everything, names in the Bible have meanings. Like sometimes we, we just, you know, maybe you name like your dog for certain reasons. Like uh, we named ours Loki because he's a little, well, he's crazy, so like Loki, but then in loco, it kind of sounds like that. So I had a kind of double meaning there. He's a little crazy, love the dog, but he's a little nuts. But Loki fits him. If you've met Loki, you're like, yeah, it's a Loki. <laughs> uh, a little mischievous, <laughs> stole my dinner last night. <laughs> Glad I got dinner because I, when I got home, he'd eaten it. <laughs> we can reach it, you know, he know. He's been so good too, and then he was mischievous. Um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> the name, n- names all that have meanings, and so Melchizedek is kind of two words, and those of you who maybe know other languages and things, it's like uh, uh, <laughs> Malik Sadiq. Uh, so <laughs> he's the king, you know, Malik, you know, um, Malik and, and, and of righteousness, and he's the king of justice, king of peace, he says, uh, that where he was king is Salem, and that means, you know, some of you that sounds like Shalom, salam, salam alaikum, you know, all that, you know, depending on your language skills and things. Um, so he's the king of righteousness, the king of justice, NL, the New Living Translation translates it. That's, there's, there's a connection between righteousness and justice. I would spend a lot of time explaining that. It's a really interesting thing and thought, but we're not going to land there again. We're going to land in a ditch if we do. Uh, and so, you know, Abraham, um, he honors this king of righteousness, the king of peace, uh, and now here's the thing, if you were to read the, the, the Bible the first time, anyone ever try to like, 
New Year start in Genesis, anyone? Or like, again, so you know, know my faith journey, I, I was really convicted that the Bible was something I needed to read. And I figured it was on the final exam. I just, I, I kind of explored a bunch of other things. And I was like, well, I really feel like God. And I think there's something about this book. And I haven't read much. I've tried a little bit. And so I didn't know anything about the Bible. We didn't have the internet. Well, we had the internet barely in those days. You know, it's like mostly Indian food recipes, which would be fine with me if that's all that was on there now. That and maybe Star Wars memes. But, and pictures of puppies. <laughs> but, but, you know, I remember I, I grabbed the Bible and I started reading it in, in Genesis because I thought, okay, it's the beginning. That's where you start, right? And, and so if you read it, there, there's some stories, there's cool stories, there's some funny things. But I, I remember getting to Genesis 14, and, and there's this story of all these kings are fighting. Now, I'm not going to read all the names of the kings, mainly because they're really hard to say, and I'd like to impress you and make you think I'm really smart. And if I butcher those names, uh, you, you'd, you'd be less impressed. Anyway, so a bunch of kings go off to war. And, and the idea was, I mean, we think of kings, we think of whole countries. But kings would be like little regions and cities and things. And, and, and so they're kind of fighting, and some, you know, some kings rebel, and others fight back, and they join with other kings and form alliances, because people are just bad through history if you study it. They're, they're, they have the potential for great good, but they also have the potential for great evil, and they will take your stuff. I mean, I've seen enough apocalyptic movies that I'm like, man, we go back to those times. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> and, and so there's this, these, these kings are fighting over money, and then they, they, they would like, uh, you know, Abram, now, if you read the story, and Abram is the same guy as Abraham. Ham. So just to kind of throw that in there uh, for those who get like, who's Abram and how's he related to Abraham? And he's got his, his nephew's name is Lot because he saw him more than just a little. Um, <laughs> and, and so these kings are fighting. Lot gets like swept away because he was living over by this city and he gets captured. And that's like not good things happen from that. And Lot gets carried off, all his stuff and everything. Abram finds out because the guy escapes, tells him. So Abraham takes off with a posse of his dudes. And they, they kind of in battle just, just you know, take over. Uh, they win. They get back the people. They get back all the money, uh, all, the, all the stuff, if you will. And it says, Genesis 14 is where we see Melchizedek show up. And he says this, after Abraham returned from his victory over, uh, see, that's why, Kidder Leomer? <laughs> Yo, Keto. Uh, it's Keto. This is Keto in the Bible. There you go. And some of you are happy with that. And all his allies, the king of Sodom, went to meet him in the valley of uh, Shiva, which is the king's valley. Uh, and then, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, a priest of God most high, brought Abram some bread and wine, and Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then, Abraham, then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. So he tithes to him. He gives 10%. Uh, and, and so, and this is, you know, you're like someone, oh, we're going to preach about tithing? Not now. <laughs> uh, Hebrews 7, 3 says, it says, you know, there's no record of his father or mother or any other ancestors. There's no beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. So he just kind of, he shows up out of nowhere, right? 
Like, and if you re- again, if you're reading the, the, the Hebrew Bible the first time, you're reading Genesis, this dude just shows up. I didn't know who he was. I remember reading it going, who is this dude, Melchizedek? You know, <laughs> you know you're trying to, because again, you're trying to pronounce biblical names, and you have no idea. First time you're reading through the Bible, if you can't pronounce biblical names, you are in great company. Uh, I actually find it easier if you read them in Hebrew, so I would encourage everyone to learn Hebrew this afternoon. Um, <laughs> don't you wish it was like Matrix style? We could just plug it in. <laughs> I know Hebrew. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so dude comes out of nowhere. And, and so genealogies are so important in, in the ancient world. You know, who's, who, where did you come from and everything? He just kind of shows up. And in, in the priesthood, we'll see, you kind of had to be descended from Levi uh, to get that Levitical priesthood. Dude comes out of nowhere, kind of like a car in your blind spot. You're like, you know, what's this dude doing here? Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and so who is this guy? Hebrews chapter 7, verse 4. Consider how great this Melchizedek, Melchizedek was. Even Abraham the patriarch of great Israel recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had. So qualifications of Melchizedek. Um, Abraham, the patriarch, gives him 10%. Like, and I, the only analogy I could find with this, and I feel bad using this analogy, but this is the only thing I could think of. Um, anyone ever say Goodfellas? You know, it's funny because, like, we were watching a movie the other night, and I was like, how come I always root for, like, the thief and the bad guy? And my wife's like, well, when they make him the main character, I'm like, yeah, that's it. Because, like, you know, they make him the main character, you're rooting for a guy, and you realize everything this guy is doing is against what I believe, but you're kind of rooting for him. You know, you watch, like, a heist movie or something. Anyway, anyway, if you watch Goodfellas, it's a mob movie, and, and they, 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 they rob some people and everything, and they always give, like, Pauly you know, his percentage, his cut. And that's kind of what I think of it. You cut, because he's the head guy. And there's this idea that, you know, someone's above you if, if you're giving them a cut of things and they didn't do anything. And so that's kind of how I picture Melchizedek. He's a good fella. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> terrible analogy. That's all I got. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, you know, it shows though that Abraham honors Melchizedek. And again, is this guy, he's few lines in the Old Testament, and then he pops up one time in the book of Psalms. Um, but it says this, Hebrews 7, verse 5. Now, the law of Moses required that the priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe from the, from the rest of the people of Israel who are also descendants of Abraham, but Melchizedek, who was not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promise of God, and without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. Okay, that's a lot in there. Bottom line, Melchizedek is greater than... The, the, the priests that show up in, in the Old Testament, he, he precedes him, uh, the guy who, you know, Abraham tithes to him. Now, most of us are not concerned about this, right? Like, did you, did you wake up this morning and go, I, you know, you know, where did the Levitical priests go? And, you know, are we offering sacrifices today at church? And why don't we do that? Anyone, anyone wonder if we were going to slaughter sheep or anything? No, you did wonder. Okay. Smart Alex. We always get the smart Alex to sit to the front so I can hear them better because I'm getting older and I can't hear the comments in the back. I just nod a lot. And then if you have a mask on, I can't tell what you're saying anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, but m- most of us are concerned about that, but, but it's kind of a big thing. And, and it's funny because here's a little side thing. I, I think it's interesting. Christians so often want to like reinstitute all these Old Testament laws and things. Read the book of Hebrews. Because you'll see that, I mean, it was good stuff, and we'll hit on it later, but it, 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 was, it was to serve a purpose and point us to something. 
It, it wasn't something that we do forever. And I remember reading the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, the first time. I'm reading through, and I'm like, I'm literally memorizing how to slaughter sheep. Because, again, I thought it was on the final. Because, you know, when you're in school, you're, like, real concerned about what's on the final. And I'm like, I don't know what happens. I, I do some stupid stuff. Y'all know I do stupid stuff. There's a good chance I'm going to die young. I can't believe I'm, I always say I live past my life expectancy. I, anyone is surprised you live past 35? I mean, the dumb stuff we do. I mean, dudes, I mean, we, I have a text group we send, and it's, like, stupid things. And it's, like, there was one this week, and it was, like, there was, like, a... a a camper lifted up on like some sort of like lift and they ran a ladder for, across you know from a window some of you've seen it, and they're like moving furniture out i'm like that makes sense to me under the right circumstances definitely an osha violation some of you're like mostly i'm sorry i don't mean to be sexist but the women are like that's a bad idea and that's why statistically you live longer because uh, <laughs> i'm like i could see under the right circumstances where that's a good idea and i'm kind of thinking that would be fun and if that was happening i would stop and want to join in uh <laughs> anyone no okay uh <laughs> anyway um Anyway, uh, you know, how did I get on that? My gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, m- most of us are, are, are you know, uh, you know it, it's interesting because you, you look at the Internet, there's often, you know, people are like, people like, well, I love, I, I love to read the criticisms of Christianity and faith. And I know that sounds not faith, that person, but faith in general. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, love to, I love to read the criticisms because I kind of want to understand the culture and things, and sometimes I'll watch some TV and movies and things, sort of as research, because they reflect their culture. One of the things I, I, I always see on, like, like, forums and stuff, and some of you have been to these forums, and people get mad, and they're like, ah, but, you know, Christians say this, but, you, you know, you say the Bible, but, you, you know, you eat shellfish, and it's, it, uh, that's because I'm shellfish. But, you know, no, there's a reason that certain things were kind of, you couldn't eat that, but we're not under the law. And then uh, it was interesting this week, I I, I was reading something and, you know, Christians who say, you know, we're New Testament Christians, which I'm thinking, well, you you would have to be a New Testament Christian because that's where Christ shows up. I mean, he is in the Old Testament. There's allusions to it. But what what sometimes people mean by that is like, we don't do anything with the old. Like, like we just kind of like cut that off and go, Glad that's over. <laughs> but that, if you, if I, I wish I had my Bible actually up here, but I, if I had something maybe more stable than a stand, I could bring my Bible, but I put it here and then it's like kind of, anyway. Uh, but you know, if you, if you, Bible's like about that thick, you know, if you're going to get rid of that much of it, you know, that much of that, that's a lot of stuff. And there, there's good things in there. It points to Jesus, good stuff. And, and so basically, kind of bottom line is the law and the system of sacrifices was never meant to last forever. It points us to Jesus. And so we don't just get rid of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, good stuff, but sometimes you have to understand it in context. And people on the internet want to understand everything, and they'll like bring out one verse, and they're like, what about this verse? And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you have four hours for a lecture for me to explain to you some basic things? Because I can tell you don't understand context and literary things, and you have a bad translation, you have a poor understanding of grammar too, because I've seen how you write <laughs> on the internet. Anyway, <laughs> anyone else judge people by punctuation on the internet? I know, you can tell I'm old, because I text and I use punctuation. Apparently, are, if you're younger, you don't use the punctuation. Who here uses punctuation when they text who doesn't yeah that's like the younger folks you know it's <laughs> you know you probably think i'm mad because i'm like using punctuation man he's all I'm, like no i just can't help it i've written so many papers in my life it's like <laughs> I, I have to punctuate you know I, I i get so distracted during the worship 
Like, I've had to be I've been in churches and we're worshiping. Worship's great today. I'm, I'm up there and I see typos. Oh my gosh. Some of you know what I mean. All I could think about, I have to write them down. I'm going to message someone later. <laughs> so anyway, my problem, not yours. Um, anyway, Galatians 3.19. And I think Paul kind of brings this out for those of you who may not uh, kind, of, kind of see it. But, but I think Paul, three, chapter 3, verse 19, Galatians. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. Jesus. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, skipping down to 21. It says, is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us a new life, we would be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus. And so by believing and putting our trust in Jesus, we have new life. And the law's purpose was to, in part, to show us our sin. Uh, you know, and it, it curbed sin. Now, and that's where context is so important, because if you look at other ancient Near East cultures and things, and, you know, some people are like, oh, the law says this and that. But if you understand the culture and the context, like, some of the things that are in there are actually for the protection of people. So something like, you know, the law of lex talionis, for those of you who know it, you know, eye for an eye. It wasn't, like, you know, prescriptive, like, if someone wronged you and gouged out an eye, then you'd go gouge out an eye. Like, but it, the idea was it limits retribution. You know, kind of something would happen, some offense would happen, and people would go way overboard. Kind of like someone steps on your sneaker and you shoot them. No. You, a step on a sneaker for a step on a sneaker. <laughs> and, and so in context, a lot of the, the ancient Near East, you know, <laughs> things blew up <laughs> over little things. And, and so it was the idea was to limit it. And, and you know, it exposed sin. Because ultimately, you know, the law shows you you can't uh, live up to it, right? And, and the whole system of sacrifices shows us that, that we, we are a little jacked up. I know we, we haven't said that in a while because people got offended. I, but deep down, I don't care. But... Uh, <laughs> As you know. <laughs> but, you know, because I always say, you know, you're, we're all a little jacked up. And, and if you don't think you're a little jacked up, you're really jacked up. Because, and I think the older I get, the more jacked up I realize I am, if you're self-aware. Because you, you understand that there's things I do that are inconsistent with the life that, that I proclaim. And it's not horrible stuff. I'm not, like, sleeping with other people on the weekends or something. You know? But, you know, I'm not big things, but, but it's like... Often the little things in our hearts that we realize, man, uh, you know, I, I preach love, but I'm angry at that guy. Why? You know, why does that guy cutting me off make me so angry? Like, and it's stuff you got to deal with. You can go talk to a counselor, do a lot of that stuff. But, you know, it, the laws and the rules expose that, that, I, that I sin. And, and ultimately, they show our need for a savior. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's funny because um, sometimes I think we want to sin just because we're told not to. Uh, you know, do certain things. Anyone? Like, if I see a sign that says, do not walk on the grass, what do you want to do? You're like, that must be some good grass to walk on. Like, like I mean, it's like, I would have not wanted to walk on the grass before that, but if I see that sign, man, if you told me don't eat bacon, what's the first thing you want to eat when you get home today? Nice, crispy, good bacon. Do you like your bacon crispy or extra crispy? Because those are the only two ways to eat it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, man, I remember I had this great vegetarian lasagna one time. It was so good. I sprinkled bacon on top of it. And, oh, my gosh, it was good. No, I like vegetables, too. It's okay. 
Anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of like if you're, if you're ever like a like a, a, a restrictive diet, you know, we all have to. We unfortunately we all have to have cycles where we're like, ah, I've been eating a little too much, a little too much of the holidays. Most of us make some like like okay, I gotta gotta dial it back a little bit. Man, when you're like trying to not eat certain things, it seems like they're everywhere. Like, you know, you're like trying to be good, and like someone makes brownies when you get home. I'm just saying, it was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna you know eat brownies. I don't care. <laughs> but, but ultimately, the whole thing points to, to, to Jesus. And Galatians 3.24 says this. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And, and now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. And, and so the law kind of protected, trained, and taught it, it kind of it's became the background for who Jesus is. It's a lot of we can understand who Jesus is because of the context uh, of the law. It's kind of like a um, a tutor. You know, you, you, if you have a uh, in Greco-Roman culture, you'd have one that was sort of um, you would train them up to be to you know uh, even someone who's a king has someone over them to train and, you know, protect them and teach them. But ultimately, then, that person uh, be becomes uh, the boss. It, it reminds me of, I was thinking of yesterday, um, we were working on the Mustang. Uh, some of you know I, have, I love my Mustang. <laughs> um, 66 Mustang, a lot of fun to work on, very frustrating, too, because, you know, those of you know, I, I took off, we took off, Josh and I were working on it, and so we took off two bolts because we had to change the thermostat and could not get those two bolts back in, but Josh did a great job. Good job, Josh. But, you know, we, we're, we're working on it. We're getting it. But, you know, I work on it, which I didn't just tell Josh, go change thermostat, right? Because it's something he needs to learn how to do. I, I, I learned at some point, and then, like, I'm helping him. I'm tutoring him, if you will. Last week, we talked about the tires. All, all my maintenance things, I think, I don't know if I have kids to, to help do all the maintenance because I want the help. Um, but, it, but it's also kind of to teach them to be independent, right? That, that someday they're going to have, like, I told you, I had the, the we had the, the wheel lock on the thing and when we turned it it snapped in half and then we had to learn how to get one off and everything fortunately youtube is helpful for that kind of thing <laughs> Some, i got a lot of nods up here all youtube certified mechanics sitting here in front of uh <laughs> you know but it's like you know we do all this stuff because we want to expect it, it teaches them it prepares them it, it, it trains them and so the law is kind of like training wheels it, it was it was put in place to help people to, to get the people of God going in the right direction, but you're not wearing training wheels unless you've got a physical problem when you're like 50. If I'm, you know, if someone as a joke was going to get me training wheels for my bike, because I appreciate, you guys got me, some of y'all got me a chainsaw for pastor appreciation. Thank you, Jesus, because man, I love to cut some stuff up. Uh, <laughs> we, we got trees everywhere and it's still at our house. Anyway, um, but you know, someone was, one year they were going to get me training wheels as a joke, uh, because we, I occasionally get gag gifts from some of you. Um, and they figured out they were too expensive, so we get it. But it would be weird if I like if if I was like riding around and going by Trey Sorelli and you're sitting there eating some ice cream or skating or something, and I'm like on training wheels. You're gonna laugh, right? You're gonna be like, "What is Jeff doing, man? <laughs> that kid." <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, and the law was the training wheels. It was to get us to where Jesus is. Chapter uh, 7, verse 8. The priest who collect the tithes are men who die, so Melchizedek is greater than they are because he were told he lives on. In addition, we might even say that uh, these Levites, the ones who collect the tithe, paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestor Abraham paid a tithe to him. For although Levi wasn't born yet, the seed which he came from was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. Okay. 
It's kind of saying they weren't around yet, but they were kind of, they, Abraham was their father. The best analogy I come to this is Josh went snowboarding when he was like negative seven months. Because we measure when you're born, and we, Denise didn't, we didn't know Denise was pregnant. We went snowboarding. So I got a picture of Denise and Josh snowboarding, but you can't see Josh. And so the idea was he was still, he was in there. <laughs> we were just snowboarding. <laughs> it's a, that kind of thing. And again, some of this is like cultural that, that makes, it's more of a concern that they would have. And it, that, but, but I think you need to understand this because it's important it's still in there. Again, the Bible is like a software agreement, right? If you're a believer and follow Jesus, you're like, oh, yes, I believe in the Bible. But we don't know what's in it. Because you click yes to that software agreement, but how many people have actually read the whole thing? Even tech people are like, man, I can't. Man, every time they update, you got to, would you like to be sent a, a copy of this? No, I got, I got 20,000 unread emails in my personal thing. I don't need another one. Uh, <laughs> although I'm collecting, I'm trying to get to 100,000 unread emails. Because then, then I feel like important when I delete them all. Um, anyone ever do that too? Like, highlight all your emails and just delete them You're like if i haven't read it by now i'm not gonna read it anyway like if it was really important you would have called me or text me right Ugh. not work emails if you send me one from the work address I'll, I'll make sure i'll get back to you in a timely manner within one year um <laughs> within one pandemic i will get back to you no I, i'm kidding i'll get back fast to you uh except on the weekends don't you know on the weekends man you message me i may not get back to you um, <laughs> and then sometimes I just forget you got to message me anyway so so the police are Levi on which the law was based could have achieved the perfection God intended why did God need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of Levi and Aaron uh, priesthood of Melchizedek gets established afterwards and we'll see it we'll see it Walt, Psalm 110.4 is the other place Melchizedek shows up like a thousand years <laughs> before Jesus <laughs> the law points us to our need for a savior but ultimately we need a different high priest and it says, and if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed, permitted for the priest. We're talking about belongs to a different tribe, whose members have never served at the altar of priests. What I mean is, our Lord is from the tribe of Judah, and Moses never mentioned priests coming to that tribe. Nutshell. Okay, priests come through Levi, if you read the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. Um, Messiah comes through Judah. You're not supposed to be both priest and king and you see you see at least one instance i can think of right off the top of my head where someone tries to do that doesn't work out so it, it's kind of like to be both there, there's again there's these prophecies of the messiah to come we see things and we're like how can he be both and <laughs> I, I, I i i had to look up the show there was this uh there was a show years ago it was like um Brooklyn something, and it was, it, it was like very short-lived uh, sitcom, and there was like a superhero guy that shows up, and he had wings and a cape, and the guy's like, you don't need both, <laughs> uh, and, that, and I always, that, that lives, you know, free space in my head, I cannot forget that, because, you know, you know, how can you be both, <laughs> and that's, so I, I hear that, 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 that guy still saying that, you don't need both, um, anyway, he fulfills both, and, and, and so this change has been made very clear, uh, since a different priest who is like Melchizedek has appeared, Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, again, a thousand years before, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And there's all these breadcrumbs, these dots. And it was like, I've often said, like, the, the, the Hebrew Bible 
points to Jesus, and Jesus kind of clears that up on the road to Emmaus, which maybe we'll talk about when we get closer to Easter, but, but there's all these like little dots and things, and you, as a kid, you ever do those little dot pictures, and it's like you connect one to the, and it's just a bunch of dots, and you start like connecting them, and you're like, oh, that's what it is, and sometimes it is that with the Hebrew Bible. Be patient with me here. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law never made anything perfect, but now we have confidence and a better hope through which we draw near to God. Confidence and a better hope. And, and you know, the whole, uh, you know, we, we have a different hope. You know, most religions talk about how to come to God, but we have a God who comes to us. You know, uh, John, John 1, uh, verse 14 says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The message says, you know, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. <laughs> you know, Jesus moved into the neighborhood. God came to us. That, that is the exciting thing about, about the Christian faith. We, didn't, we don't have to try to get to him. He's already trying to get to us. He, he, you know, we have to take our step, we have to accept, we have to believe, we have to, you know, one step and you're already there. It's not a thousand steps on a journey to get to God, it's one step and he's already there. Um, and we can be confident in our relationship, and, and we don't need a new priest now because our priest lives forever. You know, I'm not a priest. You know, it's funny, some of the kids joke because, you know, with Josh, I, I've told you before, you know, they're like, well, your dad's a priest. And I'm like, well, not really, because, you know, <laughs> I have kids, and I know there's some traditions you can. <laughs> but, but, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's not, you don't need me to mediate between you and God, right? I mean, if you need prayer, come to me. I'll, I'll pray for you. If you, you know, want, want me to, like, you know, help you with something, pray for you. I, I love people, <laughs> you know, well, totally. But here's the thing. You can come to Julie just as much as you can come to me, right? You can come to Dana just as much as you can come to me. But, you know, I, we're just believers, and not, not that you can't come to the rest of you. <laughs> just point to a couple people who happen to be on my right because my, my, that's my pointy hand. <laughs> but, you know, we don't need someone to mediate between me and, uh, me and God because we go directly to Jesus. And, and that's the exciting thing about this passage that, again, we can lose, we end up in the wrong ditch and all the details, is, is now Jesus is our high priest. We come to him. We have access to the Father. You don't need me. I'm gone. No. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> anyway. We don't need a new priest because our priest still lives. Spoiler alert for Easter. He lives. He is risen. A couple of you got it. We're, we're going to start now. There's tradition if you say he is risen, you say. Um, okay, we'll start now. Start now. <laughs> this new system was established with Solomon oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath, but there was an oath writing of Jesus who said, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are priests forever. Again, Jesus forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees the better covenant of God. There are many priests in the old system, but death prevented them from remaining in office because Jesus lives forever. His priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come, who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede on their behalf. You know, Jesus is praying for you. Again, I'll pray for you, but you got Jesus. You don't, you don't, I mean, again, as a part of a community, as the people of God, we pray for each other, we, we counsel each other, we get, not 
professional counseling. That's another thing. But, but I'm saying we, we give counsel advice. We, you know, we, we learn from each other. All important things. But, but ultimately, you don't need me to intercede on your behalf. Because you go directly to the Father. You don't, you don't need me again. You know, I, I don't have job security. <laughs> you know, again, spoiler alert, Jesus dies for our sins. Jesus raised life for our justification. And he continually represents us to the Father. You know, Hebrews 5.1 said, Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents uh, their gifts to God as others offer sacrifices for their sin. You know, the high priest of Judaism, you know, he, he was a mediator between God and people. He represents God and people. And it's kind of like legal transactions. Now, Man, buying this building, all kinds of legal stuff, you know, because like we're, we're doing title search. Some of you like work in law offices. The church that we're trying to buy this doesn't actually own it because it doesn't exist. Because, <laughs> because legally, hundreds of years ago, things were different names. So it's like we got to go through more paperwork and things. Anyway, so we have to have a lawyer represent our interests. Because if someone ever came back and said, well, that church didn't own it when they sold it to you, and that's what title searches are all about, he said that I understand about. But they go back, and it's like it, it existed in a different form like a couple hundred years ago, right? <laughs> like that denomination and association is long gone, so you got to like, you know, connect the dots again, <laughs> and all kinds of things, and paperwork. And so you, the, the lawyer is representing our interest, right? want to make sure that everything's okay. And Jesus is your lawyer before God. He's representing you. And, and so you, you have someone to represent you. He's the, the mediator. Um, you know, <laughs> and the representation of Jesus is much better than, than under the old covenant, the Hebrew Bible. It says this, for, for he, he is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and he's been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all and he offered himself as a sacrifice for people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness, but after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath and, and his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. He's holy and blameless, unstained by sin. Now, I was trying to find the, the origin of this quote because I, I hate to quote somebody and not who know who said it. And I, I've heard it before. And I, the only thing I could find in it was an, like a, a hymn, but the hymn wasn't old enough that I'm like, is that where it came from? I don't know. Maybe he, you know, got it from somewhere. But, it, you know, hit the, the, the line says, I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt I did not owe. That he did not owe. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> I'll read that again. I, I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. And, and so Jesus d didn't sin, li lived a perfect life, and yet he dies for my sins in my place uh, to, to bring us back to the Father because of his great love for us. And does not need to offer sacrifices every day. You know, why don't we need sacrifices anymore? Why weren't any of you thinking, oh man, I need to bring a sheep to church today? Did anyone bring a sheep? Anyone? Good. You know, I mean, I, I do like we set up a petting zoo up there or something. We don't need that <laughs> because we have the perfect sacrifice in Jesus. It's, I mean, it would be good to have some veal, but <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to do it um, 
to, 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 to be in a relationship with him. First Peter 1.18 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ with a sinless, spotless Lamb of God. If you're a follower of Jesus and committed your life to him, you've been redeemed at a great cost, and we have this new life. Uh, you know, it's a God paid the ransom. I, I always think of like, again, movies. You know, you're going to think all I do is sit around and watch movies, right? But you know, there's always like ransom kind of movies where there's like kidnapping and things and there's all kind of, you know, there's kind of, you know, or, or there's a lot of kidnapping in the real world. I just prefer not to think of it. I like the movie kidnappings better. Um, not when they go wrong though. Uh, I hate movies with, I, I'm on such an America. I like the lollipop ending. Everything works. Bad guys get it in the end. Good guys are victorious. You know, anyone else? You know, like, life is hard enough. I don't need to see people like you know the bad guys win in a movie like the first time you watch rocky and rocky doesn't win i was like what the <laughs> what kind of movie is this i'm like 12 i don't know and i'm just like this is a horrible movie but then set up rocky 2 in a whole franchise so that's just alone with smart man <laughs> but you know uh, you know you pay the the ransom you get get things back and so we we were ransomed uh, you know, not mere gold or silver or Bitcoin. Our redemption comes at this high price. His life is a sacrifice for our sake. And he does it because of his great love for us. And it says, you know, the perfect high priest forever. You don't need a new priest. You don't need a new Melchizedek because we have Jesus in that role now. He, he's advocating. He's lawyering. You know, he, he's, he's our advocate to the Father. And so we have a new mediator. We have an eternal mediator. And the better high priest is here. We have a better hope. And we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. We have this new way of life, this new way of living. And it's just simple as saying yes to Jesus, and you have this new way of life, this new way of living. We can live fully knowing him, and we can approach God in a new way. Um, as the worship team comes back to, to play, if, if you're interested in like starting this new life, if you're here or you're online, we'd love to talk to you. Reach out to us, deepwater.church/connect, uh, or, or shoot us a message. Uh, you know, it, it's it's this new way of life, this new way of living, this this journey of a lifetime, and you have peace with the Father. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I, I don't know how people live without peace in this world. This world crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like i mean man some of you are nodding because you know it's like the whole world's like literally falling apart sometimes i feel and if, if you the more news you read the worse it gets right <laughs> like i want to read some good things like for once and you know there's just like international politics you know, america we're all concerned about america man like the majority world there's things going on all over good things bad things but but you know no matter what's going on again we we talked about the peace last week and it's like life is like a storm really you know it's jesus is the boat and you know the storm and the disciples are you know jesus you know and they're calling out and I, again we always wonder why like why are you waking jesus up waking him up to you, you know <laughs> i don't know i guess because he's a leader they just wake wake jesus up storms are raging about him boats going here and there and here's the thing you don't have to worry when jesus is in the boat because everything's going to be okay he wakes up when the waves calm down, uh, you have that peace when you put your trust in Christ. Because I, I just have a different peace in life. The world's falling apart. You know, <laughs> sometimes you, you read the news, I'm just like, oh my gosh. But I have peace. I could trust. And when your personal world falls apart, you can have peace and you can trust when you're in Christ.